dad bod rap pod for this episode we are going to each recite our top 50 mcs of all time <laughs> in order in order slowly <laughs> uh my name is Demon Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined by Nate LeBlanc and Dave Ma. We Yo. we have made a, a a pact. I think very early on that we weren't doing no fucking top list. Is that is that true? Right. I do top list, not top list. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't say my car is top list. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's it's pointless. It's subjective. Um, it's. It will open you up for the wrong kind of discussion. Right. right. But you know it's what like it your also Your opinion do. is wrong. Well, that's but the only thing that anyone can totally, say. Totally, totally. But it has so much weird, like, gravity within hip hop, right? I mean, it's it's like a tolling tool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People people definitely can garner attention, uh, notoriety. Right. And so the reason why we bring it up is because uh, the Brew podcast um, put out their top 50 rappers list. And it was so incredible the response that this generated. It went viral. Uh, it, yeah. yeah, it went it went legit viral. And we're talking about you know just a black block with white text <laughs> ranking rappers. That just gives you a sense of like how um, intense and totally. fraught this conversation is, right, right. and what different these numerical rankings what it triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for people is just so intense. It's all fifty's an interesting number. Their, yeah. their top yeah. ten list would would have gone wood. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Like, I hear you. A top I hear you. fifty, right. you have a lot to argue right. about, right. and yeah. it's like you're still dealing with excellent rappers. Totally. At totally. every, it at just every makes tier. you realize how many rappers there are. Right. You yeah. know right. what I mean? Right. Like, right. It's like you could do your top fifty like underground rappers. You could do your top fifty sure. fast rappers. Totally. Sure. Totally. We totally. we did a joking thing this is damone's joke we're gonna do our top 50 rappers with a speech impediment <laughs> right? Like, right you could get probably at least 25 absolutely yeah the like, cool g rap all-stars for sure that's right. Yeah. Um, that's right but the enormity of that of, of how that list hit was just crazy it's impressive it was and a I, I am a little world. jealous yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say us being fussy pants and like oh we're not gonna do top 50s and then yeah. you know these guys pick up six thousand followers in a day um and also the the ire of some folks so as much as you say, like, oh, this shit doesn't matter, it's just opinions, when Pete Rock feels like he has to come for you, totally, that totally. means that opinions about this shit in the numerical rankings right. do matter, yeah. right? Well, I mean, in Chris, some way. Like Chris Rock made a whole movie around it, you know, top yeah. five. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, One of his it, top five worst movies. Oh. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it, too. But, all right, all right, all right. He doesn't make digress. good movies, but... Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was the, no Pootie Tank, but... <laughs> the way this whole thing kicked off i think the reason it went viral is because they made either the really smart or really dumb decision oh no depending on where you fall on right. this to put joe budden at number brilliant no this is no, tactical is this yeah. is tactical brilliance oftentimes um our bitch ass president does something and people attribute a tactical brilliance to it that mm-hmm. is actually not there i look at this list and i go these guys know what they're doing yeah by yeah, putting joe budden number three like they started off really kind of milk toast, like okay, mm-hmm. it's fucking Jay Z and it's Nas. You can make strong arguments for both of those guys, and then to come with number three, the most polarizing person <laughs> in rap podcast punditry, it almost be like saying the third greatest athlete is Stephen A. Smith. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 
it just it incites so much ire. Right. Um, right. Everyone has an opinion. Right. Right. We, we were seriously considering when we were founding this podcast, calling it No Button. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was like yeah. He, at that right. time he was still on the complex show and he was just right. like he was the he was the just insufferable little man. yachty and yes, it was like the yes. like the, the, there was the just thing. the beginning of this whole thing with Joe Button where we were like we don't want to be like right, right, we want right. to keep it pretty positive right. and like contribute to not the, the old rap guy archetype yeah. right yeah right. but but to to put him number three that's, was that's strategic brilliance. brilliance yeah so my way I put this is like Joe Budden's a real rapper like he was sure. in Slaughterhouse he sure. had singles 100%. like he, sure. he he is a gifted rapper he's right. not he's not a top whatever rapper in my right. opinion in any way right but he, at least he's a real rapper, and that's why the Stephen A. Smith thing doesn't come up. It's kind of I'm trying to think of what it would be. It'd, it would be like putting Sean Bradley in your top fifty basketball players. You know, <laughs> Joe what I mean? Budden is pissed it's, that it's you like, just compared him to Sean Bradley. He is a basketball player, right? Like, J.R. Ryder. He played real basketball. Right, like he was right, in the right. NBA. He had basketball cards, but he's not someone you think of as like. Right, a good basketball player. Apparently, you think of him as a tall basketball player, <laughs> <laughs> as a stiff basketball player. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's this this list is just yeah so well constructed in terms of generating uh, interest and, right. and debate. I mean, the Joe Button number three thing is is incredible. The thing that I'm like, I don't care about these lists until I seen Andre three thousand at seventeen, <laughs> seventeen. <laughs> Um, and then I go, okay, these things, they, they matter. And, uh, we were having a, a conversation, uh, on 3, this, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> there, there's something uniquely hip hop about wanting to quantify and rank. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. One rapper ahead of another, obviously it's, it's a highly competitive thing, but right. I also think it's the youth of the genre. There's this idea that you can somehow get your arms around everybody who ever rapped still, which is false to me. It's like, no, you can't get your arms around everybody who ever rapped because nobody's that dialed in, right? Like my Timberland, Nobody you know, knows everything. Yeah, right. no, or, or can right. even appreciate, because then there's regional bias, right? Uh, absolutely. Like Especially with rap. Yeah. Oh, what it really showed, what the argument about this to me really showed is it, it all depends on how old you are. Really? Your you, favorite you age? Yeah, dude. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, the identifier? There, are, there are people for whom, I'm trying to think of a recent example, like Kendrick. Like young people for young people, Kendrick is Jay Z, right? Mm -hmm. You know right. what I mean. And right. it's like, right. Right. Uh, like right. little skies would enter a conversation totally. about rapping, totally. where it's like that totally. person doesn't exist to me. Totally, and, right. then, and you can tell when the Rakim fans are going to be mad, right? You know, oh, totally, top. or top. Like, top. just right. just try to put Drake in a conversation totally. about rapping. Right. Young people to young people, I think a lot of young people, he's a great rapper. To us older kind of heads, it's like. The dad rap kind of guys were like, yeah, he's cute, but in a <laughs> rapping contest, I don't think so. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah. and and then that's the thing is, is kind Drake of like on that list. Uh, I don't. If they did, no, Drake is twenty three. That's just high. just ahead of that's... Raekwon, which now Dave is is having an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Only bill for Cuban lists. <laughs> That's the program for tonight, folks. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like there's there's definitely an age component. There's definitely a, a regional component to this. And I also feel like there's a, a breakdown in terms of, like, what is the rubric or the criteria? Because right, some people right. go, if you put X rapper with X rapper in the same room and they were battling, and mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, Q-Tip is not going to take out anyone in a battle, but he has better music than two-thirds right. of this fucking 100%, list. 100%. You know what I mean? 
Um, so a lot of times I'm just like, are we saying in a battle? Because like if it was that's just the, a that's uh, the wrong criteria. Uh, yeah, totally, opinion. totally. But it, it kind of seems like it's it's either battling or it's a uh, strength of catalog. So there's this definite bias that comes, especially I, I feel more kind of East Coast generated mm. of this idea of like, well, how many classic albums do you have? That's the Jay-Z argument. Yeah. That makes it's a str- and it's a strong one. But it's a full statement. It's like, what's your catalog? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like who no has one it? has an unimpeachable catalog. though. Totally. Like there's a few people who get close, but they don't necessarily make these kind of lists because they're just not thought of. You also have to be kind of successful. Yeah. Like right. there's Project Bloat Cats who will outwrap anyone exactly. anytime, exactly. anywhere, exactly. and they're never going to make a list. Right. Like Micah Nine would never be on most people's list. Right. right. But he's right. one of the most incredible rappers who is ever it, lived. Totally, is, it, totally. is it kind of like the thing of- He essentially of, has no catalog to the normal hip hop person. Exactly. Like, right. Exactly. To, to be evaluated. Inner right. city griots where he has a quarter of the parts. Right. I mean, I mean, his his gym, uh, gymnastics are ridiculous. Right. You know but I mean? but is it is it kind of that thing of like remember when and one was really hot, right? And it's kind of like oh, people are like, well, Skip to my Lou could could kill anybody in the NBA. And I sometimes in I a go dribbling contest. Right. Right. Well, exactly. but then but then what in, kind of right? what what kind of contest are we talking about? Right. Because if we are talking about you know kind of high-speed wizardry, right. you know, I have people in my phone that I think would be totally. better than some of the yeah, guys on this totally. list. Twisto would be up there one more, right? right. I, mean, I right. have to say, uh, I took this long walk on Saturday, and I listened to a bunch of different music, and there were two separate Twista guest verses from recent stuff, and they were both amazing. Really? Twista's yeah. such a good rapper, but, but he probably wouldn't make my top no. 50. Same. He Same. wouldn't He wouldn't be 28 for you, as he was <laughs> for uh, the Brew Podcast? I don't think so. You know what I thought was really interesting about their list, too, is where they put is that that they put stack bundles and where they put stack bundles. Stack <laughs> yeah. bundles. So, yeah. uh, Forty two. Um, help me, guys. Yeah. Who Genius. the fuck is stack bundles? Genius. Uh, he was in pro era uh, with Joey Badass and them, and he oh, okay. died really young. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He was he was like up next for them. Okay. And he died. And obviously better than Big Pun. Is what, uh, yeah. In no universe is that true. Totally. But if you want to get people talking, it's a very interesting thing to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, so we 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 appreciate you know um, as somebody you know as people who are trying to kind of do sticky things to get folks to listen to the podcast. This was brilliant. Um, I still think, and I hold in my heart that if we were to really just try to be as objective as possible. That it is possible to come up with a list of rappers. It's just nobody is taking the time. It's like the NFL's top 100 thing they do every year. If we got a panel together and folks really just spent time on it and it wasn't just us as dickheads in a room going, you know, I like Rakim better than, right, you know. Right, right, right. Um, I do think it's possible. I just think to date, besides the kind of ego trip thing that happened about a decade ago, I don't think anybody's really taking the time. Right. With, with I want to unpack that a little bit, though, because I don't know if everyone knows this. In the Ego Trips book of rap lists, Cool Modi does a rubric, right. and he assigned mm-hmm. numerical values on certain categories, and he right. ranked his top MCs. And I believe he put himself in there, and I believe he Did put he? himself pretty high. Did he? Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. As, as, he would, as any rapper would. As right. any rapper exactly. would. Yeah, as any so rapper would. that's the kind of model for how you do a real list. But, but, but you then, might not like the results. There's always going to be some kind of thing where you're like, oh man, DMX like came up super high here. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I even liked DMX. <laughs> but but it's, it's this idea of sometimes it's not a rapper's output, it's your relationship with it. So that's of course, how I base everything. All music. Yeah. And, and, and variably, well, 
Well, I don't know. I think once you become like, you're like, oh, I'm trying to actually critique this shit. I think you do have to take a step back and go, because I partied and got drunk to this doesn't necessarily mean it has extra merit. Like, I like records that are the best to me. But I understand that objectively, I understand that they're yeah. not the Certainly. best. That's you what know, I was record. trying to say. You have to have reached a certain level of success to even be considered. And sure, that's like that, sure. that's through sales essentially, or yeah. like radio Notoriety. play, or like ubiquity. You right. had to have a time where you were everywhere, right? Totally. And, and like a lot of the rappers I like were never everywhere. Totally, they were mostly in my headphones. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to to bring it back to your earlier point about like who would out battle rap who, and and that's just one aspect of being an MC. Yeah, you know what I mean. So totally. to me, to me that 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 doesn't carry B- water. because you never see you never see Pasta Noose on these lists. Exactly. You never see True Goy on these People lists. People in groups are severely downgraded. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it, it isn't about, like, bodying a verse, right? It's about, you know, when you're part make of a group, exactly. you're trying to make a song, right? Right. And for me, I, right. come, I come back to that and go, you know, we as, as critics and pundits and people who get way too invested in this shit, I think we have to start to develop a language and rubrics for how we're judging folks. Like, yeah. Um, I, I think it's fun to argue about this shit. Like we could yeah. do it. Well, we that's do the it. fifth element of hip hop hop is argumentation. <laughs> Shout out Sanj Tarot. That's right. Um, but I feel like uh, I feel like it's a little bit lazy at this point. Now we're just being lazy. Like there's enough of us. It's there's a barbershop a, conversation. Yeah. There's right. no there's no end goal. Yeah. Right. The goal is and to it's have most, a conversation. And it's mostly non-factual. Totally, as all totally. barbershop conversations are, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there's such a juxtaposition though. I mean, like rap dudes are like the most toughest and the most macho, but the second you put out a list that like contradicts what they think, it's uh, like like tears, dude. Yeah. yeah Baby yeah, tears yeah. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. People were kind of kicking and screaming and, and so on some level I'm always here uh, to argue about shit. On another level, Paul Barman top three. (laughs) (laughs) In like 2007 or something, that would have been like putting Joe Budden. No, totally, right, right, right. So it's it's one of those things where yeah, we'll we'll never get to to the actual uh, answer, but we applaud the the trolling effort of of the Brew Podcast, and you know, me and Nate are kind of uh, ruminating on what we can do to piss people off in, in a similar way uh, as to generate interest. For, nah, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of live by my rap taste. And mm-hmm. it would be really hard for me to do something that was actually not reflective of no, my totally, rap taste. Totally. Like, I've just... Even, even in, in jest, that would, be, that would right. be really difficult. Yeah, yeah, because it, it wouldn't be honest. Right, right. So... We're giving you uh, honest podcasting, uh, and hopefully we can get out of the thousandaire status with that <laughs> and uh, continue to rise up the charts. But today we have uh, an interview with someone who I hadn't thought about for a while, but when the name was mentioned, I immediately was like, wow. There was a place in the time uh, where Company Flow for me, was like, oh, this is the reason hip-hop exists still. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if you made a list of important rap albums, that's up there. I absolutely. Mean, it, it, it kicked open doors for, like, a whole movement. Absolutely. I think this, I look at Fun Crusher as kind of like the East Coast inner city griots. Like, they're like, oh, there's a right. there's a whole universe yeah. of underground right. shit right. that has nothing to do with, right. with mainstream right. uh, hip-hop. And so it was definitely a reaction to it. It was great to hear Mr. Lin talk about 
that era, uh, meeting LP, mm-hmm. um, and then he had you know interesting projects that came up after that. Totally, so totally. love his sense so of humor. Funny. His yeah. whole his whole like deal and approach was just super funny. His <laughs> totally. whole like tone was funny. Yeah, totally. yeah, uh, yeah which we awesome. appreciate. It makes yeah. it makes for good podcasting. Like, is there a less funny group than like? company flow you know what i mean there's there's some funny <laughs> totally. things like uh you know baby jessica jumped down the well again or whatever oh, man. but there you mostly associate it was so them with hard LP. and stark right. yeah, it dark. was like it's about like concrete and boots exactly and like, you know like yeah. um it's pretty armageddon the whole like little johnny from the hospital mm-hmm. it's like right. so dark but totally. then i think len and i don't want to spoil the interview right. or whatever but i do this every time it gives some insight into the, kind of what the thought process was behind that yeah and yes it's dark but You'll see what yeah. he well, says. Well, and and, and, and humani- he humanizes it. And you know? we have gotten the chance to to experience LP as a really funny dude on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. So I could totally see them vibing out absolutely. and like cracking jokes about absolutely. shit. And so definitely gave us some more context on on one of the greatest uh, hip hop albums of all time. And you know he was a really cool cat chopping it up with us. So here is our interview with Mr. Lin. All right, Dad Bod Rap Pod. We have all the dope luminaries of hip hop culture that we chop it up with. And today we have Mr. Lin. You might remember him from his work with Company Flow. Um, he's eating pineapple. Uh, <laughs> where, where are you at right now? <laughs> right now I'm in Jersey. There I'm, it is. I'm, eating I'm pi- eating pineapple Jersey, in, yeah. in Jersey. Uh, thank you for, for coming on the program, man. Um, so, my, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. So kind of... Tell us how, give us a little bit of history on, on how you got involved with, with LP and, and company flow and what what that was like. Oh, wow, the, uh, the early days. <laughs> uh, we, had a, uh, we had a friend in common who was uh, running a label and had signed, uh, <laughs> when I was told, a very dope white boy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> and uh, he, he wanted to be in, in a group. He already had the group name, but he didn't have, like, group members, you know? Yeah. He didn't have friends. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, he none, none of his friends were DJs, or or at least, like, you know, the, at least, uh, the you know, to, to kiss my own ass here, uh, <laughs> at, least, at least not the caliber that I offer. Right, okay. So uh, they, they their birthdays were around the same time, so they asked me to... Uh, DJ their, their birthday party, and uh, that's basically how we were introduced to each other's talents. The funniest thing, and I, I really tell this part of it, is uh, <laughs> there was a dude at the party that wanted to battle L. Because, like, you know, it was just like, you know, just people at a party, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. But he heard he heard that L rhymes, and he wanted to battle him. And you know, when I say this dude was horrible, like, he was <laughs> bad, bad. Like, it was bad. So, you know. It, it wasn't. It wasn't even fair. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, I appreciate like you know, you taking a swing. You know what I'm saying? And, but like it was just like you like you wasn't battle ready, bro. But you know. Okay. 
Okay. So dude so dude got served. You you saw LP was, had talent. Yeah. You know, he he was just a uh just a witty dude, you know? Mm. And um he had this song called uh, Juvenile Techniques. Mm. And it didn't have a hook. So I was like, yo, I got the perfect hook for this record. <laughs> you know, from that point on, it was like, you know, it was cool. That's dope. So then, and, so then uh, the, the movement starts moving from there. Like, when when is this in in relation? Yeah, to it was like one day it was his birthday. The next day, the world. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, you know, we 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 just kind of like kind of bonded. Like, I would I would go uh, into Manhattan where he lived, and like you know, because he had a studio in in his crib. So like you know, I would go over there and. That's how I learned to use the uh, the EPS. Okay. At this time, like I, I I barely even had like my own turntable. So, you know, I'm a little <laughs> broke dude from Newark. You know, <laughs> so uh, you know, you know, I had my little DJ crew that I ran with. Like I would do parties, and then like I would go out over there and uh, record with them, and you know, bring my records over there to sample them. You know, we just got cool. You know, like he his uh, I always admire his production style. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. I, I was very rooted in like jazz and funk and gospel and like you know I was the hip hop. Uh, when when I started hanging out with him, he was going through I think his like soundtrack phase, you know. Mm-hmm. So like it was you know, it was a lot of Angelus. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Was it? And like you know, of course he's been reading like all the Philip K. Dick books and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and I'm I'm coming over there with like you know. Ohio players and you know what I'm saying like whatever records I was digging with digging for at the time like I think at that moment like I was probably more into like piano and sax at the time so like I remember I brought like Courtney Pine over there a couple of Herbie Hancock records you know we we just bonded over music you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. we we hated we hated the same stuff and, and like you know mm-hmm. we we were we were intrigued by each other's like you know selection mm-hmm. so uh, you know and and just at the time I had just moved in as a roommate. And was working for the independent label Libra that was putting out company stuff. Okay, okay, word, word. And you know, not to fixate too much on Fun Crusher, but you know, what what goes through your mind when you look when you look back at that record? Because obviously, I mean, it's a it's a classic and it was very impactful. Um, now when I look back on it, I think, wow, because mm. uh, I'm surprised at, at how many people like it. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't a. Uh, for us, it was very digestible. Right. And I, I think. Uh, you know, of course, everyone has dreams of world domination. You know, mm-hmm. but when when you're when you're just a group of guys that are putting out a record, you know, you're just kind of happy. Like, if you get a couple of shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh. But we got we kept getting shows, you know. So like it was like, oh shit, this worked, you know. Dope. And uh, you know, like when when you know you start getting love love from like Stretch and Bob, and then like mm. you start finding out, oh, there's other <laughs> like other underground hip hop stations, you know. Yeah. So you're like, oh shit, like they listen to me, and like I, I you know, this place I never would have thought to go. Uh, the very first Coflow show actually is in like Vermont. 
Wow. <laughs> and like, I, I, I never, I never would have thought to go to Vermont. Wow. And like, it was funny. I, I just remember, uh, a lot of white dudes with dreads <laughs> chatting like reggae. Like, it, it, everyone was like snow. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, <laughs> it was very odd. Like, I had no, like, you know, like I said, like, I'm, I'm new to it. Like, I, I've only done parties at this point, like, you know, in New Jersey. I've done a couple, like, you know, in New York. So, like, Vermont just wasn't like, it was like, that's, you just think about skiing and, like, you know, right. Breeze Company and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it just wasn't like that kind of shit to me. So, you know, our first show was up there, and, you know, we barely got through it. That's hilarious. I think we did like a fifteen minute set. Yeah. <laughs> so so was was Fun Crusher a response to what was going on at Rap at that time? You mentioned you and LP hating the same things. I remember when Fun Crusher coming out being like, Oh, people still rap rap. Like, you know, there was a yeah. it was a very shiny period. Was it was it did that all in, influence the sound of the record? Yeah. Because okay. like it was it was one of those things like Dude, we're never gonna we're never gonna put on the shiny suits, or you know, we're never gonna make songs like uh. I remember, <laughs> I'm sure he's a very nice guy. I'm not gonna like shit on him too much, but I remember MC Brains. You remember yeah, him? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. He had this song, and yo, like this is like when the box was the shit. So like you know, right. I'd be over right. L's house, and like you know, we had the box on. If I like, wait for good videos to come on, and MC Brains would come on, and, like yo, we had the same like. Gotta roll this like reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was just like, yeah, I think we're on the same page with you know <laughs> with, right, where right. we're going with this group thing. So it, yeah, a lot of it was like reaction to what was popular, or you know, what was perceived as popular and good. Uh, moving forward a little bit in time, but staying on theme, I'm I'm I want to talk to you about your first record on Matador, and I want to read the whole thing. Uh, the okay. title of this record is Pity the Fool, Experiments in mm -hmm. Therapy Behind the Mask of Music While Handing Out Dummy Smacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Tell us about that record, that project, who who you worked with, and what kind of the idea was. So the original intent, uh, I was going to do just a, a mixtape. And then like, I was like, well, instead of using other people's beats, I'll make new beats. And then I was like, well, then I'll, you know, put some people together on certain songs. And then I was like, yo, this is an album. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I was like, let me, sc I scrapped the whole mixtape idea. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll put together a record. And Matador was interested in hip hop at the time. They had um, signed the arsonist, my fiction. And uh, like, like, it, it was funny because like I, I thought it was odd that they kind of cornered the market where a lot of you know bigger labels could have done it. Mm -hmm. yep. Like, like if, if if Matador would have signed like the Juggernauts right behind it, you know what I'm saying? Like they they kind of just would have cornered the market on like you know dope New York hip hop. Yeah. Um. But you know I I, I put together this record and what I did was I remember talking to Prince Paul before I started the album. He, he gave me some advice. He was like, yo, you know, you have this big dream of like having all these people on your record. He's like, and I'm telling you now, like 50% of them ain't going to show up, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, I, I, I came up with this thing. I was like, all right, I, uh, I have blocked out a bunch of time in the studio and I just, I just called a bunch of people. 
you know, and told him, like, yo, I'm going to be in the studio all day. You know, come by. Whoever came by is who I worked with okay. first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I built the record around them. So, like, Gene kept coming by. Kice kept coming by. Uh, Q Unique kept coming by. Uh, there's people that, uh, like, like Mr. the live. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I think live is, like, on two songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, it was, and, like, those, those are the people that I was like, okay, I know I can count on them. And, like, I wouldn't put a call out to somebody that was just okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, I can I can get all of this done. You know, and then, like, I, I, I had this band that um my friend was in. And, uh, like, they, I remember they used to play with uh, E-Town Concrete or E-Deck. And they were called Agents of Man. And actually, I knew, like, like almost all the members of that band. I think it might have been, like, only one person at the time that I, I barely knew. And, uh... I was like, yo, I gotta have this shit on my record. You know what I'm saying? So like, I hit the drummer up, told him what I wanted to do, and like we, we kind of hummed out something to him. But like, Raj is just Raj is on for like some genius shit. The, the drummer for Agent Man, and he he knows the sound and like he knows how his band works. You know what I'm saying? So like, he was able to get that out of him. I remember getting a lot of hate for that record and it still amuses me to this day because like, <laughs> so like, um, like after that like you know Jay-Z does a record with Linkin Park and he's a genius you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah. I was like wow guys okay cool <laughs> it's actually funny and I have to kind of confess I definitely listened to this record back in the day but I think I always skipped that song um, yeah but yeah. I, I'm reading the Discogs entry for it now because I wanted to make sure I got the title right and the it's conscious hip hop hardcore hip hop and new metal and I'm assuming that Agents of Man is where they're getting the new metal. Would yeah. you consider that yeah. to be that style? Uh, we just called it hardcore. Okay. Mm. Okay. okay. Um, gotcha. I, yeah, I, new new metal to me is like uh, Limp Biscuit. Like Limp Biscuit, yeah. Mm. Okay. Limp Biscuit, maybe even like System of a Down. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm. okay. I hear that. Right on that. Um, you know, I you touched on Prince Paul, and I want to um, circle back to that real quick. Um, you you're a part of his mm-hmm. uh, fake doo-wop group, The Dicks, and um, how did you know? How did you guys link up? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after uh, Matador, I needed a a vehicle to to put out records, and I started to label Smacks, mm. and. Uh, and I realized, like, yo, I have a label. I can, you know, I can put out anything that I want, you right, know? Right. So, you know, who better to call <laughs> than Prince Paul? <laughs> and uh, he goes, he goes, man, uh, I got this one thing. And this is before, like, MP3s and all that. He sends me this CD with the uh, the titles of the songs on them. Some of them didn't have, like, all, all the lyrics on them. Some of them were just, like, the beats and, and whatever. And, uh, he runs down like the, the the quick, you know, idea of the group, and like I was like, dude, I'm a three thousand percent into this, and then like you know, mm. we we took it the next step and made the mockumentary for it and everything, and mm. you know, it's you know you know, I feel like but if you if you own a label and you have someone like Prince Paul that wants to do something. You know, right, yeah. you like, let him. just let <laughs> let that man work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let that man work. And uh, for me, it was like a, a bucket list moment because like me and him rhyme on a song together. 
you know, to wow. uh, Prince Paul beat. So like, you know, I'm I'm having my daylight moment. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. I'm on a I'm on a Paul beat. Uh, and you know, I, I still remember like writing that. I wrote that rhyme in like ten minutes. Like, and I am I one. I was happy. I was like, I impressed Prince Paul. <laughs> he couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about uh, another artist on the label and a project you're involved in called Roosevelt Franklin? <laughs> yeah. Wow, you guys are good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Roosevelt Franklin is me and Kamani Rogers. Um, I, 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 I know that I'm probably wrong for this, but I credit Kamani for being one of the first like emo rappers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and like that's that's even you know that's and that's you know still giving credit to uh to Sean, to Slug I'm about to call him by his government name to Slug, <laughs> uh, but you know like it's there's a there's a lot that happened on that uh something's got to give record where like you know like, I like I remember going on stage with Kamani and be like yo I don't feel like being emo today right. and like I would sit and I but I would be extra emo and sit next to him <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like it was like Roosevelt Franklin. I always say it was like uh, it's like Suge Knight and Tenacious D had a beat. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! <laughs> oh man, that's perfect. That's crazy. Um, yeah, hard to Google because of the Muppet, but uh, <laughs> we did our research on yeah. that one. I need to go back and listen to the record. Though. <laughs> um, Yo, awesome. if you search hard enough online, there's a live version of us uh doing like two or three songs from the barefoot record at a radio station i'm on the drums kamani's on keys and like he's rhyming as he's playing the keys wow okay definitely yeah. check that out um it's i don't know if this is fair to say you tell me um it seems like so much of your approach is rooted in humor like i didn't realize before we started this interview that you're it seems like your approach to like how you've the music you've put out in your career has been kind of lighthearted and kind of like not a joke at all, but like a winking kind of uh like you did it to amuse yourself and it happened to end up dope. Is that fair yeah, to totally. say? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> cause some people see it as dark hmm. because of some of the subject matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you listen to taco day, like the things I'm saying in the beginning of taco day, Oh, my leg is not supposed to bend that way. Like this is a serious song, right? Mm. but like I'm how how you handle things that happen in, in your life, you know what I'm saying? It is probably how I'm I'm putting it in the music. So like I'm affected by violence and all that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. But if I if I break down and cry every time I see it, you know what I'm saying? I'll never leave my house. Right. Right. You know? So like at some point I gotta be like, yo, he got shot, but did you see his face? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's fucked up. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But, you know, it's something that gets you through. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, it's all, it also protects you because, like, yo, sometimes you got to be crazier than the crazy person. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah. Um, just, uh, just to move things uh, to the present, um, you know, what, what are you up to these days? Uh, right now, uh, I'm in Everlast band. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a DJ in that band. Are you guys and, touring? Uh, or? 
Yeah, he he does a lot of shows. Like I, you know, I didn't know <laughs> like how crazy his schedule was gonna be. <laughs> okay. So you know, yeah, he's uh, because he, he had just put out a record last September. Mm. So you know, we we've been doing a lot of dates, and uh, and just recently, like you know, I, I agreed to help out uh, artifacts. Um, my friend, their DJ uh, Chaos, just passed away. Right. So like you know, right. yeah, man, Chaos. You know, I went to high school. We graduated high school together. You know what oh, I'm saying? Wow. Like we used to practice all through that. So like you know, that was my man. Wow. So, you know, Al hit me up like, bro, you know, we, I, I still got to work. You know, like, yo, I got you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, yeah. if whoever's listening, you know, if you see me out on the road, like, you know, I'm either out on the road with Everlast or now I'll be out, you know, with the artifacts for a little while. Dope, so, man. Dope. We're fans of both, man. Yeah. That and I have a cannabis company oh, called uh, oh. High Fidelity. Yeah, High Fidelity sure. Cannabis in, in Oakland. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm you in know. In Oakland? Break, yeah, break, yeah. Yeah, because it's legal in Oakland. Yeah, right. no, no, we're, right. we're from the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're from oh, the Bay, okay, yeah. so, uh, you know, happy to do business Yeah, it's called High well. Fidelity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> high high Fidelity? On, on where in Oakland is this? Well, it, it's the it's the company. Don't We're, we're not the uh, the dispensary that's called oh, okay. our name. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dope, man. That's Interesting. cool, man. Okay. Well, we'll be on the lookout for the products. Nate sometimes goes to the dispensaries. <laughs> uh, I don't Oh, yeah, man. You know, if, if, if you see, uh, let's see, I think... We've had Frittles out. We have a uh, uh, White Fire Tahoe, and <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, there's some, some some other things. But definitely Frittles and White Fire Tahoe are, are like the uh, the big ones right now that we have. Dope, okay, man. okay, um, that's that's sick, man. Well, we we really appreciate you making time to be on the program and kind of giving us some some insight on your on your long and varied history. And uh, yeah, we just we appreciate it and. We'll let everyone know to to look out for you on the road. Thank you, fellas. I really appreciate the time. Yo, appreciate it. We're big fans. Thank you again, man. Have a good one. All right, y'all. Be cool. Peace. 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 Dad Bod Rap Pod. That was our interview with the Mercurial Mr. Lin. Um, yeah, that was fun. He's that eating a pineapple. Great. You know, cool. <laughs> it, it, I like when we talk to the East Coast cats because I always imagine them on a rooftop. Totally, right. that's totally. that's all I can see right. is like they're right. just kind of sitting on a rooftop, especially with the time differences. Like, dude, yeah, y- y'all are just chilling and waiting for a phone call. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we we appreciate was, it. That was mad cool. Yeah, because yeah, we're calling him at like eleven. His totally, time. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, super dope interview. It was great to kind of get the background on uh, company flow and how Fun Crusher came together. Yes, yes. So we we appreciate Mr. Len from for coming on, and you know this is episode eighty three. Uh, of Dad Next. Bod Rap Pod, the the struggle continues. Uh, so we are out there on all the major platforms: uh, Twitter at Dad Bod Rap Pod, Instagram at Dad Bod Rap Pod. Um, if you're a grandma listening, Facebook, uh, 
<laughs> Slash dad by rap. I don't know. We're, we're out right, there. Right. Yeah, we're out. We're out there. Uh, we also have a, a Spotify uh, account where you can peep different playlists that we've curated and uh, listen to the show on Spotify. Right. Give it a follow if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I don't think it does anything, but you know it helps metrics. Exactly. Fo- fo- follows, likes. Yeah. Uh, reviews. Ratings. Reviews. Yeah. We're grateful for any inter- interaction. They've been great so far. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we had our best week ever two weeks ago. We did. We did. We were uh, the audience is growing. Folks are, are binging about it. So, you know, also just tell a friend if you if you travel on our wavelength and you know that you have other uh, friends who do, please turn them on to the podcast. We really appreciate it. So, yeah, there it is. Shameless self-promotion. <laughs> Another staple of Dad Bod Rap Pod. <laughs>